I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hawkeye Nation podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you in my first post-basketball season podcast in a long time. Uh, Still, you know, licking my wounds a little bit from the end of that season. But I got a boost today when I will put out a depth chart. And I know that sounds ridiculous to some of you. Uh, Some of you probably felt the exact same way. It, It... I'm ready for football now. <laughs> I'm uh, just looking at a depth chart, looking at the names, remembering the plays, remembering that we had such a weird season last year, remembering that uh, the, the the Champions Week game and the bowl game were both canceled for Iowa, that the whole thing kind of got pulled out from under us after that Wisconsin win, remembering how good this team looked late in the season through you know the last – Six games, all of which were wins. Uh, it was a fun year for Hawkeye football, but you know none of us could be there to, to witness it. None of us could be there uh, in Kinnick Stadium. And again, we, we got a couple of games pulled out from under us. And so just to have the potential of football back was enough to get me excited. And then, you know, we have a press conference. And so what I'm going to do here is, is what I've done a couple of times in, in basketball season is I'm just going to kind of go through this press conference with you. I haven't heard much of this, uh, and I'll just kind of react as we go. It started with Gary Barta, and he had a um, an announcement to make about the endowment of the head coaching position at the University of Iowa. I don't have a ton to say about this. Um, I know it's a good thing for the school and for the athletic department. I think it's a cool thing that we have now several head coaching or, or administrative positions that are endowed by Hawkeye fans, by boosters. Um, and, and you know, none of us are ever going to call the head coaching position uh, whatever the official name of that is now. It'll be referred to that uh, in many ways in, by the university uh, but that doesn't become normal nomenclature for for fans or media, and so that part of it's not a big deal. Again, I guess it's just one less financial burden on the athletic department um, to have the head coaching salary essentially paid for uh, by this endowment. So that that is cool. Uh, but something else Gary Barta kind of talked about that I'm going to let Kirk Ferentz kind of get into here was the possibility of having some fans in Kinnick Stadium, and I'm not, I'm not talking about this fall. They're not talking about uh, when the season opens. They're talking about this spring. So what does that look like? What does that mean? Is it a an open practice? Is it the May 1st spring game? Is it a scrimmage? I don't know how many fans. I don't know. Uh, we don't know any of this yet, but it is, um, it is looking up. 
they have the Big Ten has allowed fans, I think, at fifty percent capacity. Or no, it's it's based on local um, local restrictions, I think, and guidelines. And so, like the Iowa baseball team, you'll be able to go watch a game at Dwayne Banks Field this spring. Uh, and and no word, obviously, yet on what's going to happen this fall. Although I think we can all kind of uh, we can certainly hope. And I think it's getting closer and closer to us being able to be pretty confident that there's going to be a full Kinnick Stadium this fall, full stadiums across the country uh, as the vaccine rollout continues to uh, go well. And so, yeah, here is Kirk Ferentz. So I'll just start with kind of his opening statement. I'll let him go for a little bit, and I'll come back in and, and chime in, and uh, we'll we'll just get ready for football, baby. I'm. It's crazy how excited I am for this. I, I did not expect to feel this way today, but just, as I said, looking at that depth chart and watching a little bit of this press conference really got the juices flowing and really got me excited for this team and this program again. So uh, here's a little bit of Kirk Ferentz from earlier today. This is you know certainly an important phase each and every year. It's, I think, maybe more significant, more important this year, just in light of what the uh, past 13 months have, have been like for all of us. So uh, before I get into details, I too would like to echo uh, Gary's comments and compliments. Uh, you think about the success our teams have had this winter. Uh, what, what a great time to be a Hawkeye fan and you know, what uh, Tom and the wrestling team accomplished, uh, the 24th national championship, phenomenal. Both Lisa and Fran, uh, you know, have had great, great teams that have played very, very well uh, in the Big Ten and then obviously on the national stage as well. And and uh, then you think about the individual accomplishments that uh, uh, Gary alluded to, just absolutely fantastic. And it's, it's really evidence, I think, that, you know, uh, individuals can shine and really, you know, you don't have to go uh, – to quote unquote schools. It can happen anywhere. And it just really gets down to the individual's determination and their willingness to work towards goals. And certainly uh, we've seen that with our athletes uh, this winter, seen that with our athletes on a year round basis and uh, just a lot of team success on top of that. And I'm just uh, really pleased for all those teams, gymnastics, uh, same thing. So a lot of teams are uh, right in the thick of their seasons right now. I want to wish them the best, but so again, been a great time for uh, being a Hawkeye fan and, uh, as Gary also alluded to, we're, we're hoping to see Hawkeye fans and Kinnick uh, a couple times this spring. That would be just absolutely fantastic. Uh, that's, it's you know a lot of strange things about last season uh, on all levels. One of the strangest was not having fans, especially during our home games in Kinnick. And I warned our team about that. I said, you know, going on the road, that's not going to be that big a deal. But you know, we're so accustomed to having great support at home, great energy in that stadium, and uh, boy, we all miss that. So. We look forward to, even if it's a smaller crowd this spring, having uh, uh, live live uh, fans in the stadium. It'll be a great step. And then hopefully it's a uh, indication that, you know, we're moving as a country in, in the right direction and uh, hopefully uh, getting ready to go. So that that's, uh, that's all very, very positive, certainly. So going back to spring practice, um, you know, again, this is just a really, really important phase for our football team. Uh, as we move on, you know, we started uh, back in January, the end of January, the guys got back on campus, had an opportunity to have an eight-week uh, winter program. Uh, Ray Braithwaite and uh, his staff did a great job, I think, with the players, the training staff did a great job. And uh, I'm really pleased with the the accomplishments the guys made during the course of the winter. And that, that was our first step to this year, to this season. And I think the guys really accepted the challenge and did a great job uh, taking advantage of that. And, and now uh, we met this morning. Tomorrow we'll be on the field for the first time. And this is really the second step uh, in trying to build our football team. And, uh, you know, one thing, we, one thing we tried to emphasize to our team back in January, 
you know, the calendar flips over uh, every year when the guys get back from uh, their semester break. It's a whole new year, new calendar year and a whole new football team. And, and the bottom line is we haven't accomplished anything yet. We haven't made a first down, stopped a first down, you know, executed a field goal, you name it. We haven't done it. And, and I think the other thing, it's really important for our players to understand any, any past success that uh, we've had uh, as a program or individuals have had, and we've got plenty of guys that uh, are accomplished college football players right now. You know, it really doesn't matter. What matters is what we do moving forward this year and uh, moving forward. So that, that's really where our focus has been. And right along with that, I think it's important for everybody to understand it's a fresh opportunity, no matter who you are on our depth chart right now, uh, or where you are, or who you are, what position you play, what your uh, experience level is. It's a fresh opportunity, a new start tomorrow. And a lot of things I'm sure have changed since uh, the last time we were on the field. And I got to tell you, it feels like a couple of years ago. So, uh, you know, it'll be good to get on the field and get started with everybody, but it's, it's, it's kind of exciting, certainly. So we'll, uh, during the spring, our, our routine is pretty consistent. We'll practice Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Uh, it's a five-week calendar block. On the off days, the guys come in and lift, and they'll meet in conjunction with that, so we get a chance to go from the film. Uh, there's nothing in the afternoon for our guys other than Friday afternoon, do a quick team meeting, but uh, basically that's a routine. Uh, you know, no, no bowl gifts. There's no uh, any trumpets or any of that stuff. It's just a matter of trying to work and, uh, you know, take, take advantage of an opportunity to improve. And that's, that's really what it gets down to. And uh, as a coach, I've always enjoyed this time of year because it is pure teaching. It's about development. It's about teaching. There's no game planning, no pressure to get ready for uh, Saturday's kickoff, any of that stuff. And one time I talked to Dan McCartney yesterday just about something else. And, you know, we started talking about spring ball and he said the same thing. He said, as a coach, he always really looked forward to it and enjoyed that time as much as any. And a big part of that is just seeing what stories are going to emerge, who's going to uh, uh, slide up the depth chart and uh, show some improvement maybe we didn't anticipate. So that's part of the fun of it all as we go. So that, that's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, you know, obviously we're very pleased with last year. It was a great, uh, great team to coach. Uh, a lot of really outstanding performances. Yeah, and, and with that, a lot of le great leadership as well. And so that's good news. It's also bad news because in college football, uh, a lot of those guys graduate. And we reminded of that last week with the NFL day on campus, a bunch of guys going out and doing their best to uh, put a good foot forward. But it's also a stark reminder for me every year that, you know, boy, we're losing some really good players and some really good leaders. And, uh, you know, so that was, uh, that's kind of where it's at, but that's the exciting part about spring. That's the exciting part about a new year is just seeing who develops, who emerges uh, thus far. Very pleased with what the guys did in the strength conditioning program. Uh, really encouraged about the way the team has pulled together, the leadership that we are seeing so far. And now we want to uh, see what happens over the next five weeks. And uh, the other thing we were talking about last week, just kind of uh, talking in one of the conference rooms back there was, you know, how typically it always looks pretty, pretty, uh, it's almost hard to watch in the spring sometimes. Not real cohesive, not real pretty to watch. Uh, and I think, you know, visitors come in sometimes and look at us, say they visit us in the spring. Uh, and, and probably wonder if we're going to win three games. And that seems to be the nature of things because it's just all more about individual growth and improvement. We'll try to pull things together and we get going in August. So that, that's really where we're at. And uh, we're eager to start that. Uh, the last thing I'll just say in closing, just uh, obviously very excited about uh, the two staff members that we've had join. Uh, George Barnett was first on board. Uh, George has coached in the Midwest very successfully for quite a while, coached at the high school level, um, coached, you know, different levels in college and most recently was at Tulane. Uh, but prior to that was at uh, Miami of Ohio for seven years and they really 
took that program uh, seven plus years ago from the basement to the uh, championship level uh, in the in the MAC, and uh, just a great effort there. George is a, a tremendous football coach, tremendous individual. Glad to have him join us. And then uh, obviously Liddell Betts to another name that's probably a lot more familiar to a lot of you folks and uh, of our fans. Uh, Liddell was an outstanding player, just a tremendous football player, one of the best I've ever been around uh, back my first couple of years back when I got back in 99. And then uh, went on and uh, just had a very uh, you know distinguished pro career, a long career. That's hard to do for any player. It's really hard for running backs. I think that speaks to uh, the way Liddell operates, his attitude. He's very serious about what he does, very focused. And uh, then since then, I've been more impressed maybe with, with what he's done over the last uh, eight, 10 years, just coaching in high school football. He kind of um, got into it unintentionally, if you will. Another uh, coach or another former NFL player invited him uh, to join the staff as an assistant. Uh, that, that coach had a, uh, ended up leaving Florida. His wife got a job in North Carolina. Liddell took over and just never looked back. And uh, when he came and interviewed with us, just uh, really impressed us in every every regard. So just really thrilled to uh, have him back with us right now. I think he's going to be a great fit and uh, really happy the way the staff has uh, pulled together here. So all that being said, we're going to hit the field tomorrow, and I'll try to answer any questions anybody may have. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We'll get back to the questions here in just a minute, but a few things there from uh, from Coach Ferentz's kind of lengthy opening statement, but uh, he's obviously excited to get things going as well. Uh, you know, you heard him mention a couple of times Raymond Braithwaite and the strength and conditioning program. I think it's great, A, that he mentions it, and B, that he's confident in it. Uh, I think there's a part later in this press conference that we may get to where he is asked about Chris Doyle uh, and the situation with the Jaguars. I'm sure you remember, but he was hired by Urban Meyer to, to lead their strength and conditioning program that lasted about 36 hours before the public outcry uh, was enough to make them rethink that hire and, and go another direction. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing with Chris Doyle. He's obviously very talented at what he does, was obviously extremely successful at Iowa, but Caused a lot of issues too, and especially this last summer as the allegations began to come out, and he was really the kind of focus of that and the focus of the ultimate investigation and and all of the things. He, he's kind of the guy who took the fall for it, but it seems like he was uh, also the perpetrator a lot of a lot of it. And so it's kind of a hairy situation, you know. Do do you? Is a guy's career over because of some of those things? I don't know. I guess it'll be determined uh, when and if he gets another opportunity. Uh, but he left Iowa. With a, a million dollars and uh, and you know twenty years worth of um, you know proof of of his job status and, and his uh, um, accomplishments, I guess. And so um, you know, I don't feel real bad for Chris Doyle, but it was good to hear Coach uh, you know name drop Braithwaite and talk about that strength and conditioning program and uh, the progress that they've made in the weeks that they've had between the end of the season and now the start of spring football where practice begins tomorrow. I love Kirk Ferentz's mentality of 
hey, we haven't accomplished anything yet. This team, regardless of, you know, that Spencer Petrus is back and Tyler Goodson is back and Van Valkenburg is back and on and on and on, uh, this team hasn't made a first down yet. They haven't stopped a first down. They haven't kicked a field goal. They haven't scored a touchdown. Uh, and, and even individually, these guys, Tyler Goodson hasn't done anything this year. Yeah, he's a returning first-team All-Big Ten running back, the first one I was had in a long time, but he hasn't done anything yet. Uh, so there's still a lot to to happen, and you know the the fact that it's not real pretty at this point in the in the in the calendar for football. Uh, things this is not the time where you put the game plan in and you hope things start to kind of be cohesive. This is the time where you work on the fundamentals and you 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 know you maybe weed some people out. But this is the teaching time. This is the the real coaching time uh, for these guys, and so it's a it's an important time, obviously, and and maybe even more so as Coach alluded to because they didn't have this a year ago. Fans in Kinnick. He mentioned that a couple of times, as I said, leading into it, and that's just super exciting. And then lastly, I think another important thing that we'll certainly talk about as we move forward, get closer to the season, and then within the season is a couple of coaching changes. I mean, this doesn't happen to Kirk Ferentz's staffs very often. He keeps his staff intact for the most part. Guys don't leave very often, and two guys left this offseason. You had Derek Foster, who left uh, to take the, the running backs position with the Los Angeles Chargers, so he goes to the NFL. And then you have Tim Pulisic, who becomes the offensive coordinator at Wyoming. He leaves his offensive line coach job uh, at Iowa. And, you know, a couple of guys who who made good strides in this program and, and were key, key pieces. And you like that Kirk Ferentz is confident about the guys coming in. George Barnett, not a guy that we know a lot about, or at least not that I know a lot about. It's hard for me to, to judge um, – an offensive line coach because I'm not a coach and I didn't play offensive line. And so uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Kirk Ferentz's word on it that Tim, that uh, rather George Barnett uh, is going to be a good replacement of Tim Polisek and, and that that offensive line won't skip a beat. I don't expect that it will. Liddell Betts is fun, man. That's It's really cool to have a former player, a former great player, a guy who had a really good career in the NFL. I think probably an underrated career in the NFL. I think when you think of NFL Hawkeyes, Liddell Betts probably doesn't jump to the front of your mind very often. But this is a, a guy who had a great career in the NFL and was obviously a really good running back for the Hawkeyes uh, when Kirk Ferentz inherited the team 22 years ago. And so to have him back in the fold, to hear his kind of story of, and how impressive he was in the interview, that's fun. It's going to be fun to see him on the sidelines. It's going to be fun to see what he does uh, with Tyler Goodson and Ivory Kelly Martin this season. And then obviously, uh, as we move forward with some younger guys, some un uh, untested guys, uh, but obviously, again... High hopes for the running back position from Iowa. You have to have a good running game at Iowa if you're going to do well under Kirk Ferentz, and uh, we'll see what Liddell Betts has. Let's get into the Q&A a little bit here uh, with Kirk Ferentz. I'm not going to play this entire thing, but I'll jump in here and there where I think it is, uh, it's interesting. Get started uh, with a question from Tom Caker. Hey, Kirk. Um, noticed you said something about maybe having – a couple opportunities this spring to have fans and are you looking at more than one i would assume may 1st are you looking at something maybe the midpoint of uh, of spring I, I think if we're able to that, that's our plan right now we've talked about that as a staff and i do want to one, one make uh, one distinction tom that's fans and media you guys are welcome too you're always welcome you know that but thank you uh, yeah. But yeah, no, we're, we're hoping to have two opportunities and hopefully the weather will cooperate the next question coach from scott doctorman 
Yeah, Kirk, uh, good to talk to you. Uh, wanting to know a little bit about your defensive line that you're bringing in now. I mean, we, we saw Zach Van Valkenburg, <laughs> we saw Zach Van Valkenburg play at a high level last year, but you know, other than watching what uh, Logan Jones did in the weight room and you know, YA Black and his just immense physical gifts and John Wagoner being on the field at times and not on the field, what, what do you know about the other guys? Where do they kind of fit in the puzzle right now? Yeah, you know, I alluded to last Monday, and that really hit me on Monday. You're out there on the field, and there's Chauncey, right, Davion, okay? Uh, those guys are working, and Jack Heflin, those three guys, and it dawned on me, okay, that's three. Uh, you can only start four. So, obviously, uh, it was another year where we're graduating three guys, and we've done that in the past, too. So, uh, but, you know, what you're hoping to see is a story like Zach's, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the improvement he made last year as opposed to the year before. It's just night and day. And I think that's a good illustration of the way college football kind of works. And, uh, you know, for us to be successful, typically, uh, you know, the positions change year to year. But uh, this year, it is a defensive line. Uh, you know, we got a lot of new guys, new faces. And quite frankly, a lot of guys we don't know about. And I think, um, again, kind of alluding to that theme I, I touched on earlier, I think this year is as important as any and interesting as any because, you know, we didn't have spring practice last year, as you know. We didn't have a traditional camp. We really didn't have a consistent summer program. We had a handful of players that were quarantined for over 28 days that never got the virus, never came in contact with it other than their roommates. So my point there is it was really disruptive. Everything was disruptive about last year. And uh, and then when we got to the bowl time, you know, our last game was, I can't remember the date of it, uh, it was a cancellation. But, uh, you know, we, we played on Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving weekend. We still had a couple games left. So we never really had a, a, a bull period where we got to learn more about our younger guys. So really everything got pushed to this point and uh, we're really anxious to get on the field and see what a guy like John Wagner could do. And, and based on what I've seen him do in the weight room and in the out season program, I think he's really ready to go. Uh, but we need him to do that on the field or a guy like Logan you alluded to or Yante Craig go right down the list. Uh, some guys that we're really excited about, but we haven't seen him play enough football. And uh, really, you know, we have – some experience in our ones, but a lot of our ones haven't played much. And then uh, a lot of our twos are just, you know, this is all going to be new for them. So it's really important that we get good quality work. And and I can stand here right now. I uh, submitted a debt chart last week just because Steve requested it. But, you know, right now it really doesn't mean much. We'll, we'll know a lot more here two weeks down the road, three weeks down the road, more importantly, five weeks. And I am emphasized to our team, uh, you know, it's going to look different in August too. So we're, we're going to be a team that's constantly – uh, trying to move forward and improve. And uh, I'm confident we'll have good players. I just don't know who they're going to be right now and how they're going to come about. Well, Kirk may not put a lot of uh, stock into the, the depth chart, but I certainly am just because it's the only thing we have right now. But uh, that's a great question by Scott Docterman and obviously a glaring thing for this team. If if this team is going to be good uh, and they're going to have to be good quick when you look at their schedule, a couple of really hard games right at the start there with Indiana and Iowa State, uh, the defensive line is going to really have to find something. We're going to have to find uh, players who names we don't know a lot yet um that we graduating three guys there like like Kirk said sending three guys to the NFL hopefully uh that's a that's a big loss in a key um place on this defense I think at linebacker you're solid I think it at uh, defensive back in the backfield at, at all levels you're solid uh, I think on the ends you're pretty solid. Those defensive tackles, somebody's going to have to really step up. A couple of guys are going to have to really step up. And uh, you know, if it's John Wagner, if it's Logan, whoever it is, uh, it's it's going to be key. I think that 
the wide receiver core, uh, you know, losing Brandon Smith and Amir Smith Marset. Um, you, you feel pretty good about Nico Regani as a uh, as a slot guy. You feel okay about Tyrone Tracy as as an X guy, but they're not Brandon Smith and Amir Smith Marset, or at least not yet. Uh, we don't know a lot about Charlie Jones other than as a punt returner. So I think uh, how the wide receivers develop is important, and then obviously. Probably the most glaring thing, probably the biggest thing on everybody's mind, I'm assuming Kirk is going to be asked about it here sooner rather than later, is that quarterback position. Who's going to be getting them the ball? And if it is Spencer Petras, uh, what has he done since December to improve his game, to make us feel better about uh, what we put out there this season? Now, he didn't have a bad season last year, and then he, he seemed to begin to improve a little bit. And when he when he got comfortable, he looked really good. It just didn't seem like he got comfortable very very often, and he certainly didn't do it very early in a lot of these games. And and again, with Iowa's schedule this year, I mean, I think Iowa's probably a preseason top 15 team, and I think that's legitimate. But they could lose a couple of games early and, and really have it um, you know, deter a big part of the season. That being said, Iowa lost its first two games last season and uh, and hasn't lost since. Let's go back to Kirk Ferentz on the Q&A. Coach, the next question from Rick Brown. Hey, Coach, good to see you. Um, you have an interesting mix of experience and potential in linebackers, you know, Benson, uh, Campbell, and Belton at the cash. What jumps out to you about uh, those guys, and also could you touch on your depth, uh, Jacobson, Higgins particularly? Yeah, it's, it's kind of the same discussion. Uh, it's interesting, both Jack and, and Campbell – or Campbell, Jack and Campbell. Campbell and Benson were both out for the first game last year. They didn't play against Purdue. Uh, and then, you know, we're able to come back. Uh, um, Jack Campbell was dealing with some mono. But, uh, you know, both those guys played really well for us, and they're both outstanding guys. They're doing a great job in a leadership capacity. Um, you know, they're you can tell they're, they're, they've are they're been on the field. They've been in the program, and uh, they're, they're fairly young players, yet they're really confident, and that that's a great starting point. I would say the same thing about Dane. You know, Dane's uh, really done a great, great job uh, outside backer slash that cash, cash position. So we've got good experience and, and uh, good quality there. And then, you know, you look at a guy like Justin Jacobs who who's missed some time with injuries, uh, we think has a chance to be a really good football player. So to get him uh, involved this spring in a couple different positions, probably in the linebacker spot. And then also with uh, special teams, it's going to be really important for him. Same thing with uh, Higgins and, um, you know, Mike Tim. So, you know, just just really eager to see how all these guys do. But we do have a couple guys that have played and played successfully that, uh, you know, we count on them to improve as well. The next question, Coach, from Rob Howe. Kirk, last month um, the program was back in the news for the racial bias situation when Chris was hired by Jacksonville. I was wondering, did you have any communi- communication with Jacksonville uh, about that hire? Yeah, I, I received a phone call from them. Yep. Um, what was that like? What, what did they ask you? And what did you tell tell them about Chris? Yeah, that's a personal conversation. But, um, you know, I spoke to Chris's, uh, the job that he had done here and pretty much answered questions. So that's it. What was your reaction to what happened there, the, the blowback? And obviously your program was back in the news again in relation to that, hot, you know, to that news. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I feel uh, uh, more impact to the individuals involved and it's just, it's obviously unfortunate. You know, I don't know what other, what else I can say at this point um, on, on a couple of different levels. And, um, you know, it's like a lot of things. I hope everybody's going to move on at some point, but I, I totally understand. I'm not passing judgment on anybody or anything. 
Uh, I just, it, it's unfortunate. Coach, the next question. For, pertaining to our program, I feel like we're in a really healthy spot right now. Uh, I think we demonstrated that, you know, since last uh, last June. And, uh, but our work's not done. We know that and we're, we're going to stay vigilant. We've been doing that and we continue to do that. I doubt we'll be perfect, but we're, we're working to be. Coach, the next question from Grant Becker. Kirk, when you talked about Spencer last fall a lot, you kept mentioning, you know, not having that spring and maybe not even having some of those non-conference games early in the year. So for, for Spencer and all your quarterbacks, is there, I mean, I know you guys are always working hard and it's always a lot of stress on spring, but is there an extra weight to this spring because the, the, those guys didn't get it last year and how much information they have to take in? Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's an opportunity. And, you know, it's, it's really important for the guys in the trenches because you can't, you know, you can't practice blocking. You can't practice taking on blocks uh, without being on a football field. So it's really important for them. But to your point, which is a really good point, um, especially uh, given our quarterbacks last year, those, those guys missed some really critical time. And you know, I made that comment when this whole thing got going. I, you know, it was a good year to be uh, endowed genetically, and it's a good year to have a, a veteran quarterback back. And we, we didn't have either of those going for us. So, you know, it was a matter of him going out there and playing. And, you know, I'll go back through the whole film, you know, the whole season again. But to me, one of his highlights uh, might have been Illinois because, you know, we as a team played poorly. He played poorly. And it wasn't looking too good there uh, that first half. But for him to come back and feel like he did and make some of the throws he made, uh, that, that really, to me, that gives me encouragement that there's, there's a pretty good quarterback here. And uh, the other part about it, you know, we, we get to watch him uh, with his teammates. We get to watch him. Uh, there's questions that he asks, you know, one-on-one -on -one meetings with Ken, with Brian, um, you know, just the way he operates, the leadership, the, uh, the ownership that he's taken. So, you know, this, this guy just operates like you want a quarterback to. And uh, I feel really good about the room overall. You know, but those guys don't have quite the experience that he does, but we're going to let them all compete this spring. And I, I just think, I think he's got a wonderful opportunity to really uh, take a good step and uh, to me, it's a two-pronged thing here because what he does this spring will really enable him this summer, assuming we have a normal summer, you know, to, to, to be a better quarterback during the summer. And that's important, too. Uh, you read about the pro guys, you know, getting together in various towns with their guys. Uh, our guys do the same thing. They work during the summertime. Hi, can I call you back? They couldn't do that last year either. Thank you. So, you know, it just uh, – there are a lot of things that were missing last year, and I think he really played admirably considering those things. I know the average fans don't don't take that in consideration. Why would they? But those are things we're really in tune to. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about Spencer and watching his growth. And I'm, ex I'm excited to see the other guys too. Alex and uh, Deuce, you know, those guys, they've got good potential. Connor's done a good job. So you know, everybody's going to get a chance to, to uh, compete a little bit this spring. It'll be fun to see where they're at. And Mike Loss, you can uh, you can call me back now that you're done with the <laughs> the interview. Ah, uh, Zoom interviews. It's going to be nice when these Zoom media conferences go away forever, isn't it? Uh, probably Zoom meetings and Zoom hangouts and all those things that all of us have been dealing with for over a year now. Uh, so that that's kind of the, the Q and A I was really kind of searching for. There is is that question about the quarterback and. You know, reading between the lines or not even really between the lines. Kirk Ferentz is obviously a Spencer Petrus fan, and that's good. I think I think that's a good sign for Spencer Petrus. But um, you know, you heard you heard Kirk kind of name drop the other guys there quickly at the end. But uh, it's clear that he thinks Spencer Petrus is is the guy to lead this program and. 
and that uh, you know he's not down on what he saw last year. Uh, he understands that it wasn't perfect and it was far from it a lot of times. And uh, there's a lot of improvement that needs to be made. But uh, the fact that he didn't talk about you know it, there and there will be an open competition. He did mention that, but he talked a lot about Spencer Petras there, and I know that's what the question was. But he didn't parlay that into some sort of Alex Padilla conversation and. Much to the chagrin of a lot of Hawkeye fans, uh, he didn't really talk much about Deuce Hogan, who is not on the depth chart. Uh, he's not one of the you know on the two deep uh, at quarterback just yet. And so, if you lost some years of your life because of uh, Spencer Petras last fall, you know maybe gear up for for something like that. It'll be interesting to see how a full spring, um, how a full spring helps him. How a different team, how another year under his belt, all of the, all of this stuff helps him. How another year with Brian Ferentz is calling the plays uh, helps him. But clearly, Kirk Ferentz and the coaching staff like what they see out of Spencer Petras. They like the way he carries himself, he handles himself. They like the leadership he shows uh, within the team, and I think it's going to be a big, big hill to climb if you want to knock him off of uh, the starting spot. If you're Alex Padilla or Deuce Hogan, it. it you know, again, reading between the lines there a little bit, I'd be pretty surprised at this point if Spencer Petras isn't the starting quarterback uh, this fall. And again, as we've seen several times, if that is the case, it's pretty much come hell or high water that Spencer Petras is going to be starting these games. I mean, I think there's a chance if things don't go well, if he's not playing well, and if Padilla uh, shows himself to be right there, that you'll see him a little bit. But we've gone through this several times, guys, where Kirk Ferentz makes up his mind about a quarterback and he doesn't change it. And so, um, you know, again, <laughs> if you're not a Spencer Petras guy, brace yourself for for a long a uh, long fall and a lot of probably cliche talk between now and then from Kirk Ferentz. Okay, that's going to pretty much wrap it up here. Uh, there were a couple of questions I cut out or didn't include. You can watch the entire thing uh, at HawkeyeNation.com or on YouTube. You can find it. Uh, but that those were kind of the things I found most interesting. And again, I'm just excited for uh, this football season. Obviously, there's a lot to happen between now and then. And but it was just nice to have that depth chart today. Nice to have a press conference. Nice to turn the page away from the basketball season, which we haven't fully done yet. And Joe Hugan and I will get together and uh, kind of do a post mortem on that uh, once our wounds are healed a little bit more uh, from that that uh, the end of that season. That season coming to an abrupt end a week ago. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, check out HawkeyeNation.com for uh, not just more on this, but obviously from the weekend's game with UConn. Uh, looking forward at the basketball program. There's like a thousand guys in the transfer portal right now. So uh, what's Iowa targeting? Where are they, what are they looking at? Um, is there a chance that anybody anybody moves? Obviously, uh, we are well aware of rumors about CJ Frederick. Although I don't, I haven't seen anything. Um, even close to official or even close to like making me worry about that yet. As soon as I see somebody I, I truly think is reputable talk about that, I will get a little bit more worried. Um, but I just don't see, I just don't see any, any reason of, of getting upset about something that uh, hasn't happened yet. And that I don't really uh, foresee happening, but we will, uh, we'll be on top of all of this. Well, as you know, this is the best place for Hawkeye content right here. Hawkeye I appreciate you listening and go Hawks. <laughs>